On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we're going to talk about DMP, demon mind powers. And did you know there's a 31% chance that Diana is a demon? Let's do this. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm the lady known as Liz. Diana just made me look as sorry. Yeah, we're going to talk about episode blah, blah. Who cares? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, go ahead and see your spoon. We're talking about what? Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, season three, episode four of Supernatural Sin City. Well, so Diana made me look at my phone just when we were starting to record. She was complaining because it was rainy and drizzly. And I'm like, why is it not rainy and drizzly here? But tomorrow, our low is going to be 50 degrees. Our high is going to be 63 degrees. And it's going to be a 90% chance of rain. Damn it, why don't I have any firewood? Oh my God. And I'm off tomorrow. So this is like perfect, like lying in blankets and just really chill out my last day of vacation the way it should be but but i think i've watched everything on television now i don't know i feel like the end of the television well so i will talk about uh i guess we'll go right into this uh so i just got i literally flew in from la like three out four hours ago i don't know how many hours ago yeah uh but today uh so and my hotel had netflix and amazon prime on it so i've watched everything that's on netflix or amazon prime and so i'm kind of like today i was like oh i guess i can watch discovery plus because i haven't seen that in a while yeah no well so speaking of uh we are just coming out of halloween weekend so you had your interesting trip to la what do you have to share from your weekend uh, I don't know. Look at my Instagram. I honestly didn't uh, post that much. You're you like, didn't. yeah, God, I, I've like, got, I've got photo dumps to do. Um, so, uh, Thursday night just went with my friend and had omakase and it was so good. It was 17 courses and all the fish were from Japan. It was amazing, but yeah, I never get to do that. So, cause you know, Austin omakase sushi not so much i mean they could fly in their fish from japan it would go in just the same i don't know why they don't but um and then friday night uh we hit i went to a couple of tiki bars and i think i did stuff during the day too i don't remember um but then like had to oh my gps got possessed by a ghost um so I was taking an Uber from Beverly Hills to, I guess I'm fancy, to Burbank to go to Pen Up Girl Clothing for their Halloween sale because they were open late from seven to nine. I'm like, fuck yeah, I've got to go to this North Hollywood for drinks anyway. So I was like, yeah, go to Pen Up Girl. And then like I got the world's oldest Uber driver and I did not want to be mean to him because he was an old man. He was very nice, but he did not know how to drive or to read his GPS. And at one point I looked down and I was kind of spaced out on my phone. Then I looked up, but it is GPS. And I was like, 
why the fuck are we going on Mulholland? So for those of you who do not know Mulholland Drive, uh, go see the David Lynch movie about it. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is the road in Hollywood Hills where everybody dies because the road is so windy. Uh, James Dean died there. I forget, Tiger Woods crashed his car there. That may have been where Paul from um, the, the Fast and the Furious also went out. But like, it is like just the windiest road and all this. And my driver is like, oh, I have never driven down this road before. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Because it is <laughs> it is a very long and windy road that I would love to take speeding on, which is why so many people die on there because it's really fun to drive really fast on it yeah. as you're going in and out. In no way or shape or form should this road be in between my hotel and the place I was going. No. So this hit events the ghost took over the GPS to I'm make sure to I get you, trying to take you on the mall and drive to let you die. Yeah. Or so I could see them, you know, oh. and I was looking out the window and I didn't, I didn't see any spookies. Um, and then the next day we did the deal of sport those festival at um, Hollywood forever cemetery. And it was spectacular. Um, uh, you sent me a few pictures while it was going on and they were amazing yeah, just, yeah we'll have to we'll have to get some of those out there well and then saturday night i was supposed to go to the dragula ball and i'm too fucking old to do i was i was out the night before we went and hung out for a few hours at a cemetery and i had tacos so cemeteries and tacos graveyards and, and, tacos. Still, graveyards and, and tacos. tacos it's still a thing we need to make a shirt Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that, and then Sunday, uh, went to go see Twin Temple perform their majesticness. And unfortunately, I did miss uh Louisiana purchase because mm-hmm. I took too long getting ready, um, because I was really obsessing over my makeup. And also, during the day, I went and found this really amazing store called Memento Mori, mm-hmm. uh, because Necromance has stopped selling stuff in the brick and mortar and only sell stuff online. You should still support them, let them up necromancy they have good stuff but um so i got a new uh a new raccoon skull that has flowers and mm-hmm. butterflies coming out of it and then when i was at dealers there was Marthos, i got this new katrina doll who's fucking amazing but she's like yes. two two and a half three feet tall and she yeah. they gave me in a box so basically had another suitcase like we live in a magical time because basically i went online and i was like hey target i need a suitcase so target brought me a suitcase in like two hours hotel. to my hotel and like this my doorbell rang because I had a doorbell on my door because a fancy um and I opened the door and there is my suitcase I didn't even have to see a man he was gone there was just a suitcase in the hallway so then I had to reconfigure everything so we ended up traveling back with two suitcases and then carrying the giant doll and uh the raccoon skull through LAX and somehow made it all the way from there to the house. The only thing that broke on the Katrina was a bit of her hair and I will put it back on. But I was, it was very stressful, but I mean, I also like, I'm very fortunate because, you know, I had a limo to the airport and, uh, you know, and in first class, you know, they kind of really actually help you instead of being like, just shove that shit in the overhead. So yeah, so I'm back for my fancy trip, and that was my Halloween, and it was great. How was your Halloween? It was, was good. Yeah. We uh, we went, we dressed up. Um, I shared a photo to our Instagram for those that may have seen it. Um, Dave 
aka Babe, and I dressed up as uh, he as Crybaby and myself as Ramona Ricketts from John Waters' movie Crybaby. And I was quite happy with how it turned out. We went and carved pumpkins with my family and then uh, went, out, went out to um, Charlie's Star Lounge. We, you've been there, um, little like dive kind of bar. They had some DJs and stuff and some friends of ours were there and it was a good time. And that was about it. And then we handed out candy to trick-or-treaters on Sunday. And I was so like, it's been so intermittent at our house, just our, our neighborhood, like our stretch of the neighborhood just doesn't get a ton of them. So I was like, eh, maybe I need a little more candy. And so I was going to buy a little more on Sunday. And all they had was Christmas candy on the morning of Halloween. And I was not a happy camper at my local grocery store, but I was like, you know what? We'll be fine. No, we ran out of candy, which is a fun problem. There was a lot of very cute, adorable children in cute. Yeah, but in costumes. your neighborhood, those kids will shoot you. <laughs> no, these were all littles. They were cute. Almost, like, all, almost everyone that came here caps, was little. man. Chicker caps. <laughs> they, they, were, they were all very sweet. Uh, a lot of them were being driven around by their parents. You could tell the cars pulling up and stuff. It was fine though, because we were on the treat map on next door. So people knew to stop at our house for decorations and treats. People are taking pictures. You made pictures. a treat map. Ooh. No, they do. Uh, next door has it. So if you are giving out candy, you can add your house to it, whether if you could say decorations, treats, or both. And they both. So then I, but then I was real worried about getting fucked with because when we ran out of candy, I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like putting a sign on the door, like, happy Halloween. We ran out of candy. See you next year. <laughs> like, and like changed our setting on the, on the app. But there was people taking pictures by our giant skeleton hand out front. And that was cute. And little kids that loved our dogs that barked a lot. But that's okay. This just seems like a really great way for like pedophiles to lure kids to their houses. I'm so jaded. I'm like, that is all I think of. Whatever, man. You make it it all bad. It was adorable. There was little kids in cute costumes and they were coming up to our door and there's little little princesses and little little, um, comic book characters and all that kind of stuff. It was cute. There was a little girl that had this. There's a little girl that had a sick, like metallic pink motorcycle jacket. I'm like, girl, I, I don't you can have all the candy you want just tell me if they make that adult sizes and where you got it but <laughs> but uh no it was fun it was a fun halloween like nothing too terribly crazy but a good time um and yeah and now we're on speaking of your travel we're on a countdown for our trip uh by the time you're listening to this episode we'll be two weeks out from landing in new orleans so for, for the we're gonna hit up the uh supernatural convention there so uh We'll be walking around hope, on a Saturday, at least at the convention. We'll be in town for the rest. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, see some of you there. Or at least you can come get a sticker or something. Yeah, You'll be able to spot us. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, you will. Oh, anyways. All right. So what are you drinking? Uh, I don't know. It's red wine. I was getting ready and Dave was like, here's your wine. And like set up my set up, set up, my, you, pod- <laughs> set up my podcast room for me. And I was like, uh, thanks, babe. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah. Uh so tell us about this episode. So this oh, and I'm not drinking anything, by the way. No, you didn't you're ask. Not. How how I know how rude of me. I'm sorry. Usually you're on you just go for it. Bad Diana. No, I'm drinking sparkling water because I think I drank enough. Um, yeah, it was really sad. Like last night on my, this is how I'm doing my last baller night in LA. And I just ordered a whole bunch of uh, Italian food and a bottle of Champers. And then I never even drank the Champers. So you're welcome, mates. Um, 
right. So this is Sin City, season three, episode four. And this first aired October 25th, 2007. This was directed by Charles Beeson and it was written by Robert Singer and Jeremy Carver, uh, which is interesting because this was Jeremy Carver's first episode. And he just thought that the subject matter was a little too much for him. So he was like, well, for my first episode, I guess so. Uh, so Robert helped him out and wrote the second half, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, but I think they kept a pretty good line through it. Like you couldn't really tell when the writers switched off. So, hmm. yeah, I couldn't, I didn't notice anything like that. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. So, um, this episode kicks off with a nun in a Catholic church and, you know, something bad's about to happen because the prayer candles get blown out. Yeah. That's my, that was my observation. Uh, and so, um, then she's, um, the priest walks up and is like trying to, she's like, you know, hand, they're putting away the hymnals or whatever. And, um, he's like, yeah, I'll walk you out. I'm glad you remember the name hymnals. Cause I couldn't, I just put church books, church books, <laughs> the church books are in the pews. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, and so he's like, I'll walk you out. And as we're walking out, there's a guy on the balcony, um, overlooking like the, where the choir would sometimes be depending on your church layout. But anyways, there's a guy up there and apparently his name is Andy. And he's talking about how God's not with us anymore. And it's real dark real dark shit and then he shoots himself in the head and she screams really real big scream <laughs> fucking insane scream i was like like she was auditioning for scream queens like she uh, like yeah. maybe we should have looked her up on imdb i think she just was listed as sister um but yeah i mean like she was either like a hollywood horror babe or something like she'd had this scream in her for a long time and boy did she let it out yeah. oh go yeah. nun big time so um we cut over there to bobby's place yay bobby we love bobby anyways and um they're like dean and bobby are working on the, the we've kind of they kind of lead up to it. you see they're working on something related to a gun it's the it's the cult they're trying to work on bullets and they're playing with them like trying to fix the cult basically they're smithing they're, they're gunsmithing they're gunsmithing um sam walks in and he's like look i found a series of omens in elizabethville ohio and is that what it is elizabethville elizabeth town i forget it's elizabethville okay because i wrote elizabeth town and then i crossed it out and then i wrote elizabethville and then i questioned myself and i meant to look back i'm sorry anyways but he's talking about dry lightning barometric pressure drops a guy blows his head off in a church and another goes postal in a hobby shop and dean's response was or it was a suicide in a psycho scrapbooker which was funny but um but he agrees to go with him you know dean agrees to go with sam to go investigate this and wants but he wants bobby to keep working on the cult that's a big assignment so they uh we cut to sam and dean are at at the church talking to the priest and they're pretending to be from the insurance company and um even the priest is kind of like well do, do, i don't really know what there's for insurance to do here but okay um but um they get the priest start talking about andy the guy that killed himself and he had stopped coming to church and that everything started changing in town around that time and that he changed started gambling cheating and ruined his business um, ends up, he also knew the hobby store guy who went postal and that guy's personality changed too. So basically we've got two months. And so Sam has kind of come up with this, that two months ago, we opened the gates of hell two months ago, this town turns into Margaritaville. 
but I don't think there's that many suicides or post like shootings at hobby shops in Margaritaville. I'm just going to say, but there's, he's referencing specifically the fact that there's a shit ton of bars and, and, uh, uh, people dressed, women dressed in scantily clad clothing and all those fun things going on. So it's, it's a party not, town. It's not a town that's run by Jimmy Buffett. It there is not like a, a town run by Jimmy, okay, Jimmy Buffett. So there aren't a there bunch are of parrot heads. Or cheeseburgers in paradise. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm assuming there are a lot of suicides there. I'm just saying. Well, maybe. I if, if I lived in Margaritaville, no. I'd fucking kill myself too. So, I mean, yeah. there we so go. It was just kind of a weird references. But yeah, basically they're like saying that this town's gone, turned into a party town from being an old, like, old factory town that's half abandoned. So it's kind of weird. Um, and their motel room has a mirrored ceiling. And there's a big awkward exchange about that briefly, but then it kind of moves on. So as they're getting checked into their room, though, Dean recognizes the guy that's got um, a is standing in his the doorway across the hall, and uh, as a uh, as a hooker is leaving, it ends up. This you guy. don't know that. How dare you assume this woman is a sex worker? You don't know. I mean, I'm, she could I'm be not denigrating insurance. the fact. I'm not denigrating her being a sex worker. I'm just saying it's pretty fucking obvious they want us to assume she's a sex worker. Well, maybe they're trying to get in on like your assumptions about women, Diana. Wake up. Yeah. 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 I'm so sexist. I know. <laughs> so sexist. Uh, so ends up this guy named Richie that and Dean. So Dean that Dean knows. So he invites him over. Ends up they had some story about a succubus that they fought together. I that they know no, they, they did not fight the gate, which is like the most horrible word ever. And they use it way too often. I think in the show, ganking is not a good word. It's just not. It's awful. Yeah. Screw your word, but, but then Richie claims that he killed her, and but anyways, apparently Dean did. So apparently Richie's just got a. Richie apparently Richie is not a great hunter um and but also like kind of does hang in those circles that's kind of the vibe you're getting here from Dean's impression of him but he's also talking about another guy in town whose personality changed recently too so he's kind of watching out for the same thing they are um and that's just obviously not a board-up factory town anymore just bars uh, sex workers uh partying um just a lot of debauchery going on here so <laughs> Yeah, Sin City makes sense. Um, and uh, Dean's just having a field day checking chicks out in this town, though, because they're out in the. Oh, you, you, but you missed his best friend at the hotel. Dean's magic fingers are back. So he's oh, very that's excited. Right. He's he was like... so excited to put money in that bed. He was stoked. He <laughs> loves the magic fingers. He does. Oh, it sounds so dirty. Okay. So um, they're at a bar, and there's just, and they see, um, uh, they're dean's checking out this bartender chick pretty intently and makes a crude comment about her ass and uh the priest over the priest is there at the bar and he overhears it so yeah anyway so they're just that's kind of an awkward moment but as they're all just kind of in the bar this guy walks through the bar oh and and we find out that uh apparently richie has a date with the bartender and dean's like no fucking way but there's a guy walks into the bar and he looks very upset, kind of just like clammy. And you can tell there's something not right. And uh, he says he's not feeling himself, walks up to a guy that's playing at the pool table and uh, shoots the guy at the pool table. And before he's able to shoot himself, Dean tackles him. Sam throws holy water on him because they're assuming that he's possessed, but nothing happens. So now they're like, well, are these actually possessions or are these just, you know, is this just turned into a fucking party town? 
Um, and there's kind of like a weird, you know, they have to get out before like the, the cops are being cool to them, but they're like, oh yeah, the media is going to be here to get your picture. And they're like, okay, we'll be right here. And they disappear. Obviously it's the last thing they need is their faces all over the newspaper. Um, so we cut to nighttime. Richie's with the bartender chick. Uh, we later find out her name's Casey. I've got her, I've got bartender written down a lot here, but anyways, so Richie's with the bartender. Then they pull up to this like really fancy old house. And he makes a comment about how does a bartender afford a place like this? And she's like, I inherited it. And so the first thing that is a red flag, when you go into someone's really big, creepy old house, it doesn't look like something that they should own is when they immediately take you down the stairs, these stone fancy stairs into this, this weird ass basement. Just saying that's, that's a red flag. It's not usually the greatest sign or Liz is excited. I don't know which one. <laughs> Liz is like, well, yes, please. That's, that's a perfect date. <laughs> I mean, it's a wine cellar. So why wouldn't you go to yeah, the wine cellar first? I, I mean, they're, they're giant cast down there. Just send me down there with a straw. And then we just true. hang out in the basement. Like that's, that's true. Better than hanging out in the kitchen during a party. I mean, there's much more room in there. So he makes a joke about how he's got oils back in his motel room, but she's like, yeah, but down here she has toys. So that was a funny thing. But then we see her blink. Bum, 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 and she's a, demon. she's a demon. She's got the black eyes. She's got the black eyes. She is a demon. So, and then she breaks Richie's neck. She so. does. Like yeah. a very, very horrible way. Yeah, no, like nice. all the way around. Ouch. I was just, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, now the next day, Richie's, uh, yeah, Richie's obviously missing. Dean's like, he's a moron, but a sweet moron. And um, now they're looking for, Sam is on a mission trying to track down Trotter, who's the other guy in town who they said, had, who Richie had told them had also changed. And he kind of, quote unquote, runs the town, owns a lot of the things, just really like, for a small town, just kind of like runs shit. Um, we cut from them basically back to Bobby working on the cult. Uh, and who shows up because he's out there testing it in the woods. She sneaks up on him. It's Ruby. So we get Ruby back in this episode. Um, and she's like, he, she's like, he's like ready to shoot her because he knows that she's a demon, but she, she challenges him. He, she's like, do it then. Come on. Uh, and he won't do it. And so she offers to help with the cult, which is a big deal. I would think in this part of the story. She does shoot him. Oh, oh, that's right. He shoots her, but he doesn't kill her. Excuse me. Yeah, because because it, it's not because it's not working. And then she calls him a panty waist. And then I was like, where the fuck did that insult come from? And then I was like, this is a terrible insult. At the same time, who first started using the word panty waist? I really should have looked it up. I've not but. heard that one in a long time until this episode. I'm so sorry for missing that. That was. A good, it feels like a, a very a 80s note. insult. I don't know. Was, I think it was like early 90s. I don't know. Yeah. But. Um, so sorry for that. It was a pretty, he did, he did, he did shoot her, but he did hesitate before he even shot. He thought about it. So, all right. So we've got, um, uh, back to Sam and Dean in Ohio. Uh, Dean calls Sam. He's kind of sneaking around and, um, and, and going to the bar again, where this woman tells Dean that every woman there wants to eat him up. And then she propositions him for a discounted rate which he declines and she calls him a cheapskate. Um, so Dean starts hinting around um, about Richie to the bartender, Casey, like, and she's just pretending like she doesn't know who the hell he's talking about. He, she's just kind of like, oh, what? And so he asks her out after work and she says, well, what about now? And so mm, they're going to go. All right. 
Uh, well, Dean is tracking down, trying to track down Richie and using the bartender to try to do that. Sam is trying to track down Trotter, the guy who runs the city, because that's the other person whose personality changed. And if he runs the city, maybe he is the cause of all of this, right? That would make, that's a logical leap, I would say. But, you know, that, that's not usually how the show goes. So um, Sam manages to sneak into the office, almost gets caught, but he sneaks in and then he finally does get caught while he's in the middle of totally digging through this guy's desk. Really obvious. Um, and uh, he tries his bodyguard and him try to shoot Sam. Sam gets the gun and then throws holy water all over them. And nothing happens. And it's a really awkward. Sam is just like super embarrassed now because it's just really awkward. These guys are like, what the hell? Like you just, what did you throw on us? And so, uh, yeah, he, um, yeah. super embarrassed. So he just takes all the bullets out of the gun and gives him the gun back and leaves. Yeah. So I think these guys are having a really hard time determining, you know, if somebody is possessed because clearly they're just throwing holy water and everything mm-hmm. and it's not working. So I think at this time, I'm going to ask you, Diana, do you know if you're possessed? Is there a way to check? There is a way to check. Oh my God. You know what we're going to do? Lore? We're going to do lore. And we're going to do a different thing this time because I am going to give you a fun quiz to see if Diana is a demon. And let me see if I can. Sh- oh, nope. I can't because Diana's host. So it's going to share the screen, but don't worry about it. I'll just read it out and I will send you the link later. Um, so you can't see my face while I'm reading this. Well, I guess I could just move it to my monitor. Okay. All right. So this is a quiz to find out if I possess by a demon. And this is on higgypop.com. <laughs> All right, so this is a live quiz. Diana is taken. All right. Do you okay. have sudden, unexplained mood swings, leaving you feeling negative? No. Okay. Why did it let me to choose both of them? Okay. I guess they read your that you wanted to say both. Okay. Have you <laughs> developed a need to rebel against authority? Oh God, yeah. All right. Wait, it clicked. Which is weird because I'm because I'm also a rule follower, so it's a very weird debate for myself. Do you ever have panic attacks? No. Okay, I think this quiz may be wrong, but okay. Do you hear unexplainable voices in your home? No. Do you enjoy lying about trivial things for no reason? No. Do odd things ever happen when you are angry? I wish. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you are not in control of your body? I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, because I don't think my body should be as big as it is. (laughs) Have you ever used a Ouija board? Yes. And by the way, I have a new Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, Ouija board that's here now. We'll yeah, take a look at it. Oh, yeah, so it was waiting for me when I got home. All right. Does the thought of a crucifix or holy water make you feel uncomfortable? No. <laughs> Do you ever hear voices in your head? Mm, no. <laughs> have you ever randomly said something in a foreign language that you don't know? No. Do you think about burning, cutting, or hurting yourself in some other way? 
Please say no. Thank you. Uh, does strange poltergeist like activity happen in your home that you can't explain? That's called three dogs. So yes. <laughs> does part of your body ever randomly move in an involuntary way? Like other than like this before you fall asleep, twitch now. I was say, like, is it your well, knee? Or like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a foot tapper. Yeah. Okay, or, or just sometimes I want to shake my fist at people or flip them off. I don't know. If, but but that's, that's not involuntary. Not, that's not really involuntary. Yeah. Do you have strange dreams or night terrors that cause you to wake up in the middle of the night in fear? I have. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're too gleeful with that. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever fantasize about hurting or killing people or animals? Please tell well, me this is never animals. No. <laughs> never animals. <laughs> Kidding. Okay. No, the answer is no on both of this. Okay. So that was our last question. And okay. as every time I clicked something, something kept getting highlighted. I'm not sure the accuracy of this, but uh -oh. there is a 31% chance that you are possessed. 31%. Noted. 31%. It is unlikely that you are a victim of demonic possession, but we can't rule it out. There is a 31% <laughs> chance that there is a demon inside of you. Noted. Five out of 16, if you want to go fractions. Man. All right. I mean, that's less than a third. So that's pretty. Isn't that more? I guess no. It's not 33% would be a third. Yeah. So. That's pretty yeah. close to a third. I mean, it's less than a third, Liz. Less than a third. That's all I know. <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So there is a 70, 69, oh, 69% chance that you're not possessed. Not possessed. That, that, <laughs> that just sounds dirty. I know. We oh got 69s, we got 31s. Yeah. Yep. So that was it for Laura, guys. I was traveling. That's what, that's what you get. That was fun. That <laughs> was fun. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Quiz of the week. All right. Um, so, yeah. Well, as we continue and our, our Winchester brothers are trying to figure out who the fuck is possessed and who's not, um, we cut to. If they only had a quiz. If they only had an internet quiz, they could have just fucking Googled this shit. Damn it. Um, we cut back to Casey, the bartender, and Dean. Now she's taking him down to the creepy basement, as I called it, a.k.a. wine cellar, as Liz fantasizes about it. Um, and Dean starts telling her that, you know, um, uh, Richie was, you know, Richie was his friend and um, that he used uh, the GPS in his phone to track him to, and to give him a proper burial. So he's already been in this basement, got Richie's body, and buried him properly. Boom. And he says, better than rotting in some skank's basement. <laughs> Calling poor Casey a skank. So it was funny. It was a funny line. <laughs> but, um, and so she attacks him because, uh, but guess what he also did when he was retrieving Richie's body? What did he do? He made a devil's trap. What a clever, clever boy. Mm -hmm. So he begins, uh, tries to start an exorcism. But something for some reason he can't. I'm kind of like I, I think this is one thing I'm missing in the story somehow is that sometimes they're not as I know it has to do with like the strength of the demon, blah blah. blah. But like it's kind of inconsistent in how whether they're able to do an exorcism or not. But that's or maybe just Dean sucks at him. I guess maybe the other theme here. But basically the wind's blowing and the book's getting destroyed by this wind and she's just not really impacted at all. And well, she's collapse. doing the wet. 
and this I mean, is but, why but, he's having yeah. a problem with it. Well, I mean, I get like the demons fighting it off, but we've seen like strong demons before, like be more affected by the exorcism rites. I don't know. That was my thing. Yeah. So anyways, but then she makes a wall collapse and it traps both of them inside from the big wind. Yeah. And then she calls him bitch and I giggled. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's, you know, trying to look for the book, look around, look for the book, trying to do the exorcism by memory, which obviously that is not something that is in his skill set. Um, yeah. At this point, though, you should have this memorized. Like, I think so. Like, you've like, got some really useful. Lo- it seems like you've yeah. done it a lot. Like uh. you've got a lot of time to kill in the car. Why not spend that time, you and Sam, learning how to memorize a fucking exorcism? Well, that, uh, and then, like, well, you're carrying this fucking hardcover book around. That seems like a pain in the ass and risky, too, because now the book's all fucked up. Well, you know, and also uh, the Catholic Church has made it allowable to do exorcisms in English now, because um, I guess if your mm-hmm. demons don't care about Latin, because uh, nobody cares That's about fair. Latin, you know, they're just like, whatever, like they'll listen to you in English um, yeah. or whatever bullshit the Catholic Church yeah. would have put forward. I mean, demon, demons, demons should know all the languages. It's fair. So, um She's she starts picking in Dean, basically saying that Sam's the brains of the operation and tells tells Dean that basically all everyone knows them. All the demons know about them. And um, and she knows that Dean's expecting Sam to come rescue him. But she says that she has someone coming for her, too. Ooh, partner. Yes. So we cut to the bar and um, the same um, sex worker that was propositioning uh, Dean earlier is uh, there and hits on Sam. Um, the bartender and Sam kind of ignores her, obviously, because this is Sam. And then the bartender won't answer Sam's questions. He's asking about where his brother is. And so Sam has to tip him and then has to tip him again. And finally, um, the bartender gives Sam Casey's address, but it takes some money for to her uh, apartment, though. So Dean's trying. So we, we don't know that. We think there's going to Casey's house at this point. We're like, oh, great. So um we cut back to the, this wine cellar, aka creepy basement, um, where Dean's trying to find a way out or make a way to get, make a sig- get a phone signal, and she's not. She starts talking to him. She's like, "Look, I, I want to be civil." Um, and she and he's like, "Well, killing Richie wasn't very civil," and um, she's just kind of playing innocent. Like, look, you know, there was um, she was just having lunch one day, and then Trotter was there, and she pointed out the money that was to be made from all of the all of his businesses and all the types of businesses they could open in town. So she's she's you know fully embracing that she's a demon. Everybody knows she's a demon now, and she's explaining kind of how she didn't really do anything. She just lightly influenced the town for all these changes to happen. Um, so she's trying to like to kind of shift blame. Like it's not really on her. She just kind of planted an idea and people just did what people do. Uh, and the, all these God fearing folks turning to gambling, booze and sex, all it takes, you know, it, and that's all it takes. Um, they do it all yeah. on their own. So people that, want and, to drink, gamble and fuck. That's what we want to do. That's fun. Yeah, so they are all fun. Um, so she's like, and that's why the demons will win is because that's what happens. Yeah. So uh, we see Sam arrive somewhere uh, and it ends up it's an apartment. So we're like this. I'm like, this doesn't look like this giant house. And he searches and he finds sulfur on the windowsill. So now he knows that. Now, now how did he know it was sulfur? Because he sniffed his fingers. Why are you sniffing your fingers, Sam? It's this gross yellow powder. Do you expect it to smell cell. differently? Like at yeah. this time, is it going like, to be frankly, like a rose? 
Yeah. And sulfur is pretty strong smelling. I don't mean you probably didn't like, you could probably tell as soon as you were in the vicinity of a windowsill, there's a bunch of sulfur, a pile of sulfur laying there. Just saying, but so, um, we cut back to Casey and Dean and they've gotten down to kind of a philosophical or philosophical theological conversation about faith. And she's asking like, if, you know, if Dean, how does Dean, does Dean believe in God asking about war and, and all these things. And she's like, look, things are just getting worse. And the body count even started to shock us demons is what she's saying. So we're just kind of depressing. <clears throat> so we cut back to Sam again, and he's back at the bar and uh, the bartender's like just trying to give him a drink to relax, but he gets pissed. And then he sees the priest over in the back corner. So, um, goes to talk to him we get uh dean's like look you know dean and casey are still talking he's like look you're a liar because that's what demons do demons are liars and she's and implies that and she kind of says something about herself being a true believer and he's like well you know kind of like with what and she's like in in lucifer um because it meant it meant light bringer um and made he made demons and he'll return and she has faith in lucifer so it's kind of an interesting take I thought on demons right here. That's uh, not that it's out of line with other approaches to demons and Lucifer and hell and whatever. It was just kind of a, a little bit of a twist on it slightly. I felt just in the, like the, some demons might be true believers in their, their quote unquote savior, Lucifer. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. So, um, Dean points out though, that demons are evil and she points out that humans are too. And uh, then makes a Dick Cheney joke. Um, so Dean starts asking her what hell is like at this point, which is kind of depressing, uh, but that he's back to that. Like this is kind of like, a, it's kind of a interesting, but like sad conversation they're having in a lot of ways because she's talking basically how like fucked up humans are. And that's why demons are going to win. And that, um, and that she didn't really have to do anything that humans brought us all on themselves. And then uh, now, and now Dean's reflecting on the fact that he's going to have to go live with all the demons, which is probably not a great thing for him at all. Yeah. And a lot of this is, and I should have written down the names of it. So this episode is largely based on a movie about a human and an alien bidding and stuck together, which is actually based on another movie about a Japanese prisoner of war and American soldier in World War II mm. getting stuck together and how eventually just they're fighting each other for yeah well, we be, well basically that you know once two people are stuck together you're likely going to find something in common and what? that's crazy that sounds something like we probably should think about today in society anyways i'm sorry that's just crazy talk this only works <gasps> in the, this only works yeah. in tv and the movies, oh, in movies. Anyways. no no human so, beings interacting doesn't work like this at all anyway yeah well and these aren't even you this is a human and a demon but i think yeah. it's also starting to build some of the show's mythology too that right you know as, as we go into this black and white world it's not black and white it's gray right. these demons have beliefs they have you know things that they're fighting for just like everybody else does yeah. and so and they definitely have something in common because he's going to fucking hell <laughs> and he's like yeah you know give me give me the lowdown of like what it's like Ooh. down there and you're like you're fucked yeah she's like it's a pit of despair why do you think we all want to come here yeah so things are not sounding good for for dean's journey 
So Sam is over talking to the priest at the bar. He's asking about Casey, trying to figure out where to find them. He thinks that Casey might be, he thinks that she, he's like, well, she might be in tr- trouble. And, and so the priest is like, well, let's go. Then I'll go with you. I know where they might be. And then we see it, but Sam doesn't. That the priest is a fucking demon. Of course he is. Of course he is. God damn it. Nope. I didn't mean that. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Woof. So Woof. Bad, choice, <laughs> bad choice of words in a row there. Sorry. Sorry. All right. So All right. Dean and Casey are going to continue waiting for Godot. The Sam and the priest. Sam and the priest go on a road trip. And we go back to the two of them. And Casey reveals something I think is actually pretty important. That yellow eyes is actually a Zaseal. So um, sorry, ye, uh, Diana, ye, you, you ye. can keep calling him. He can't be. He's got a name now. He's got a name. And so I think, you know, when you're talking about the Holy Spirit thing, I'm like trying really hard to cage my words because I don't want to spoil. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, so now we have Lucifer named and we have Azaziel named. So Azaziel is a prince of, is a prince of hell. Um, I don't remember my mythology on him right now. He didn't really have yellow eyes, but um, yeah. I'm sure he wrote a pig or something. A pig with like three dicks. Probably. Probably. They, always, they all they all do something like that. It's close. Yeah, he, he did some dick magic and you know now he has yellow eyes. That's that's where it came from. <laughs> the dick magic gave him yellow eyes. Yeah. Um okay. And she's revealing that Sam was actually supposed to well, according to her, he's because he's like, what y'all didn't have like a backup plan if about the gate after if yellow eyes was gone, like what the fuck was gonna happen next? She's like, yeah, no, Sam was supposed to be the next in command. He just didn't step up. And so that was, that was, that's a revealing another piece, potentially, if you believe her, of Azaziel's plan, aka Yi's plan. Um, And, um, and Sam's like, well, that's, you know, that's good that he didn't step up. You know, that's a good thing. And that's what Dean's obviously thinking. And she's like, no, it's kind of bad because now we've got a war without a front. We don't have any leadership. And all these demons are just running, gunning for Sam because they want to take him out because he was supposed to be in charge, but he ain't. So now it's fucking free reign. Yeah. You got a bunch of soldiers and no one to lead them and they're evil. That's not good. No. So. Sam and the priest do arrive finally. And this is as they're kind of trying to search around the exterior of the house. That's when Sam figures out the priest is a demon. Um, But while they're outside trying to figure out how to get in uh, and the demon's going to start obviously about to attack Sam, Bobby shows up with the cult and he tries to shoot the priest and he misses. Boo, Bobby, you're better than that. And so Bobby gets thrown real hard by, by like the demon mind power. Um, and then throws Sam with his demon mind power. And then uh, Ruby shows up. Yay, she's Ruby. Here. And that's how Bill- Bobby was able to find Dean and Sam was Ruby was able to do that. So um, Sam's able to get the cult at this point. And the uh, priest is now entering the basement cellar thingy um, because he's using his st- stupid demon powers to do it. Dean tries to attack him and then he gets thrown with the demon mind powers because this is a really annoying like skill they have. Like there's never like this fight, just watching them fight is just fucking exhausting. So he's just going to throw you with his brain again. Demon power, brain throwing. It's exhausting. I would just sit there if I was a demon. Like, why are you getting up and fighting everything? And I'd just be like, oh, you fell down. Boom, I'm going to throw you again because I'm just using my mind. And like, 
I'm going to use muscles to use my brain. I'm I'm not saying that it's not like a good tactic on the demon side. Get my DMP on. Demon mind powers. That's where we're going. Demon mind powers. Demon mind powers. DMP. We're DMPing over here. All right. So uh, DMP uh, throws Dean away and the priest almost walks to the trap, but he sees it and he punches it. Take it. Just just punch it with my fist. Oh, yeah. And then he makes that with Casey. Yeah, because like you do, you know, punch things and you make up, you know. So, but then the priest starts to try to kill Dean, but Casey asks him not to, which I thought was interesting. And that kind of goes back to like the connection that people can develop. And if they're just, you know, stuck one-on-one, I think that was an interesting thing. But Sam was not privy to all of that. And he busts in with the cult and shoots the priest and kills him right then. So, um, and before he, Sam is able to shoot Casey, Dean asks him to wait, but he doesn't, he shoots her anyways. Well, I mean, he shouts, wait. I mean, he didn't really be like, hold on, Sam, wait a second. It was oh, like, let's talk about this. Oh, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. But Dean, but Sam was ready just to boom, boom. Like he was, yeah. he was going all in. And they do that. And I know this was intentional because they've been trying to set up this like outline of is Sam really all Sam from the, when they open the gate. You know what I mean? There's going back to like this little bit of ruthless streak in Sam that he didn't necessarily have before potentially. But yeah. And yeah. the demons mm-hmm. fall on the seal together. And it's really and, and a lot. moment. Yeah, they bleed a lot, but it, you know they've been love for love for centuries, and then they died together, and it's sad. Um, okay. Oh, look so at poor, you being romantic about the demons dying. Poor demons are dead. Mm-hmm. Even demons can't find love. Aww. Um. Okay. So, uh, but now we're gonna have um, Sam and Dean are gonna talk about whether or not the town could be saved, and Dean's just like, "Man, you're a cold blooded killer. You're hardcore. Mm-hmm. You hardcore, hardcore, Sam." So and hardcore. Sam's like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. He's fine. And Bobby and Dean are kind of talking about, Dean really wants to know if they can even make a difference at this point. And Bobby's like, well, there's at least two less demons, and they, but you can't control people in this party town, basically. And so um, Dean's starting to like, it's like kind of depressing, you know, not depressing, but like, is there even a point to try if we're in a losing fight? Uh, and yeah, Bobby just uh, basically says, um, no, no. Just I don't know what does Bobby say. <laughs> what, is well, like, what does your note say that Bobby no, says? <laughs> well, he says that um, there's, you know, D- Sam saved Dean's life, and that was good. But that Dean says, but that was cold to do you know, the way he did it. Not like you were saying, like it was cold. So, yeah, but um, at least, at least Dean is actually talking to somebody about this and not just bottling it up. I mean, he could be talking to Sam, but at least he talked to somebody. That's true. He expressed it. Yes. So Dean tells Bobby what Yellow Eyes had said, aka a, a, I must say it wrong now. Azazel. Azazel. I was going to skip a Z in there. Azazel. Um, about Sam potentially having come back different. And he asked Bobby if he thinks something's wrong with Sam. Bobby doesn't um, and says that demons lie. And that's all he has to say about it, really. Back at the hotel. Ruby is with Sam and she's like, look, I just want you to be happy about killing these two demons. And he's like, well, he's like, well, what about killing those two humans? And so she's, so he's upset about obviously that part because anytime they kill a fucking demon, it's in a possessed person who now is dead. And she points out that they may not have even made it because of how rough demons are on human bodies. Um, 
But you don't know that, Ruby. You don't. But know. you don't knew that. But I mean, they also have lost a lot of people during their exercise. It doesn't actually go great. But the odds, the odds do not seem in their favor on that. Um, and she points out that she's saved Sam multiple times, and um, he should be more appreciative, basically, if he wants her help to save Dean. Um, Sam still doesn't trust why she's even fighting on their side, and he threatens to shoot her. But she's basically like, uh, look, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah, there's going to be collateral damage. Yeah, it's against your gentle nature. But I'll be right there and I'm going to help you get through this. That's kind of her take on things. So that's pretty much it. Yep. And she keeps dangling the Dean carrot. Yeah. Dean, she's da- Dean dang. dangle. Dangle, dang, dang, dangle. She's dang, dangling Dean's carrot. She's dangling Dean's da- no, carrot. No, shit. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Here's the thing, you know, I don't like, I've got a comment, you know, I don't like creepy eyes. That's like one of my things. She looks really cute with them. How does that work? I think you're just getting used to them. Okay. And you know, I'm not making a spoiler here. Just get used to them. (laughs) They're not going away. So I looked up some of our cast members from this episode. We didn't have a ton of music that I caught, but uh, a few of our cast members and then I think nobody has major note, but a couple of fun notes that I did want to share is um, Richie was played by Martin Papazian and he was in Jarhead. We've also got Father Gill was played by um, Robert Brown, uh, Robert Curtis Brown. He was in a classic movie called Trading Places. He was Todd and which is a personal favorite very inappropriate nowadays but hilarious nonetheless and uh made appearances in like pretty much every other show that we watch like Oroville, lucifer like a bunch of other stuff he's done like one episode on all of those types of shows and then casey was played by sasha uh, baris who was tracy in all of the hangover movies thanks and she was also tess on don't just shoot me which is a sitcom i used to like and she was an extra in both Legally Blonde and The Ring, if you'd like some contrast. There you go. Yeah. So, you know. I Good for you for getting worked in. I can't believe you missed Run Through the Jungle. That was playing earlier. Oh, I did miss it. Okay. Sorry. Nope. Yep. No worries. Anyways, it was Halloween out. weekend. I was distracted. I and the cat is biting me. So I think we need to sign off. All right. Cheers, Jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devil's trap at devil's trap podcast.com don't forget to subscribe leave reviews and share it with all your friends we're available at all your major podcast listening devices so you can always find us at devil's trap podcast.com thanks devil's trap podcast is a don't be a dick production Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.